Welcome to the Lazy People Podcast, the podcast about all things technology and people and technology in Belgium, of course, from outside of Belgium. My name is Errol Baikal, and I'm here with my co-host, Metzian. Welcome to another episode of the Lazy People Podcast. Today with us is uh, Luna van der Rispey, or van der Rispey, did I... Van der Rispey. Van der Rispey. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Very difficult surname to spell. Um, so as a kid, I sort of imagine you learning yeah. to spell your name and um, it must have been very difficult. So is that why you became a lawyer? <laughs> yeah, maybe it is. Huh? <laughs> okay. Look, proper introduction. Uh, Luna, uh, you are, um, you studied law. Yes. Um, but you're you're not a lawyer. You're a what we call in Dutch a jurist, like a bedrijfsjurist. Yeah. What's legal it counsel. The legal counsel, like yeah. corporate legal counsel. Yes. Okay. Um, and uh, one of the areas uh, that you uh, have uh, some experience in is GDPR. Yes. Is everything I said correct? That is entirely correct, indeed. GDPR is one of the of the stuff that I keep myself busy with <laughs> during the day and evening. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so the reason why we invited you to the mm -hmm. podcast is because this, you know, this is a tech podcast um, and GDPR is uh, something to be reckoned with when you are True. in tech, when you create uh, software that especially has services. True. For um, you know, with uh, where you have users that can log in, uh, mm -hmm. etc. GDPR plays a part. So maybe just let's start off by asking you, what is GDPR? Well, so the GDPR actually is an European regulation, yeah, that was um, made in order to protect personal data more. Right, um, our personal data is everywhere. Right, you, you enter it everywhere, you, you give it away, let's say for free, everywhere. And um, what we saw was that actually the, our personal data was not protected sufficiently, right? And you were as a user, as a, as a, yeah, as a, as a, as a person, not protected enough, and it was not trans transparent enough what these companies were doing with your personal data, right? It's so easy just... Um, downloading an app and, and or clicking on some test on Facebook or whatever and giving away your personal data, but it was not transparent and maybe it still isn't enough, um, what exactly they were doing with your personal data. And that's why the GDPR um, yeah, came into the area, let's say, um, and um, they wanted to make sure that there was some control of data subjects of their personal data. Right, that you are in control, and that's why, first of all, um, the GDPR actually um, obliges um, yeah processes of your personal data, yeah, so companies or whatever, um, to be transparent about it. Right, they need to tell you, hey, we are processing your personal data, which is a very important first step. Right, um, they also need to tell you why. They will be processing your personal data. What is the lawful basis, right? 
Um, is it because um, they needed to, to exercise the contract they have with you? Is it, it, is it because there's some legal obligation to process it? Whatever. Or is it just purely based on your consent? Um, then um, they also need to tell you what they will be doing with it, right? For example, um, I will be processing your personal data because you asked me to provide you a service. And without this personal data, I cannot provide you that service, so I will do it. I think one of the, the most important um, principles of the GDPR is also like the minimization, data minimization principle, that we call it, mm -hmm. right? And why is it so important? It's because, you know, um, previously and even now, <laughs> when you want to log in somewhere or, or do something, they ask you like, tons of things like eh, where do you live who was your first husband to you know like every every single mm -hmm. detail they ask of you and as a user i think often it's not very clear do i need to provide this or not is it necessary or not and i think people often just fill out everything and they just fill in everything and and give all this personal data away and one of the the main principle of gpr is data minimization, so if they do not need it, they cannot ask you for it. And I think it's a very important principle because every company or, or every yeah, processor of personal data now has to take into account, oh, they have to think about it, like in the beginning, they have to think about it, at first privacy by data and default, do we really need this? I think that is one of the most important principles next to, of course, all the rights you have as a data subject. For example, the infamous uh, right to be forgotten. Uh, mm -hmm. It's one of the infamous, more infamous Okay, ones. can I summarize this as, <clears throat> so what GDPR basically solves for or tries to resolve mm -hmm. is the intransparency on what happens to your personal data. And on top of that, giving you the cert protection to by forcing uh, companies to minimize the amount of data they pull in, right? So it, it does right. it and does a lot of things, but at the center of it, it really says, you know, your data is personal. They don't need to ask more than what they need. And if they ask, yeah. they need to tell you what it is for. And on, yeah. top of, on top of that, if you want to be forgotten, yeah. it's just, it has to be simple. Not like, yeah. remember, I, I don't know if you guys have been on Facebook for how long, probably like a decade, like most of us. Mm -hmm. There. If you wanted to delete Facebook, it was like impossible because they kept like these shadow <laughs> records. Yeah, so yeah. GDPR now forces Facebook to literally forget about you then? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I think, um, so in principle, yes, yeah, there's a right to be forgotten and the right that uh, all the personal data that a company owns of you is deleted. But that's also uh, about there because um, some data you cannot just erase, right? For example, I know that in the beginning <laughs> of the GDPR, um, when I was asked about this right to be forgotten, I got a lot of criticism. I did not draft regulation, by the way, eh? but I get, got a lot of criticism like, yeah, but you cannot go to the tax office also and ask them to forget you. Yeah, okay. For, so um, there are some exceptions, right? Some but stuff the tax which... office is an official instance versus <laughs> yeah, a private company that's not even maybe but a different country. So true, you, true. I, I feel like as a, as a Belgian national, I, I you know, 
sort of trust the government that within their capacity, I mean, they, they might be incompetent in some cases, but <laughs> I don't see malice. But with a no. private company, True. you know, they're they profit-driven. They're, their first intention is not, you know, to, to safeguard True. me as a citizen of, of their... True, but even uh, with regard to, to the government, right? The, the data minimization principle also applies there. And to be frankly, I'm very happy that it applies there. Um, I do not think it's uh, that often um, applied well, but even the government, even even our uh, legislators, uh, they need to de- yeah, think about this principle when they are drafting new This yeah, I did not measures. know. Like, for example, um, you know, the always forget the exact abbreviation, the APNR cameras, you know, those cameras that are there to... to um, to, to see whether, um, you, yeah, they, they often they, they, they set some cameras there to make sure that they, that everything is yeah, correctly followed, whatever, you know. some. You mean for traffic or security? Yes, more for security-wise. I'm oh, not yeah, really yeah. sure what the correct abbreviation is. But, yeah, so they, and they place cameras everywhere, right? But then the question is, yeah, do you need the camera there? Do you need to obtain that personal data? Because it's also personal data, right? The, the images of the people you can see who it is, is it really necessary? So that's one plus, like the um, now in Belgium, we have the EID card and we need to have the fingerprints there, right? I'm not mm-hmm. sure if you heard about that, but from a lot of um, privacy experts, there's a lot of yeah criticism towards that. Do we really need to have the fingerprints on the EID card or is it not necessary, right? Is it proportionate enough and is it and also very important because of the gdpr uh, is it i mean literally your your face print is on it like they they took a imprint (laughs) of your face with the photograph machine you know yeah but they put they put it on the card so what's wrong with your fingerprint your face is more no because your fingerprint is very unique right and it's my face is unique i'd like to think (laughs) as well no at all your face is not that Okay. <laughs> no, but it 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 um it opens the door because if they have your fingerprints, it opens the door for more um, ID fraud, etc. I am not very I do not know all the technical details and stuff, but one uh, person that you should definitely um, follow with regard to that is Matthias Dobbelaar. Um He's a privacy expert here in Belgium, and he. Has um, yeah, has written very much about this issue. But yeah, so also governments need to comply with this uh, regulation. Um, and indeed, um, I think um, is yeah, it is very. It was very essential that GDPR came into force um, that we had some control over our personal data as a data subject for private companies and for government. So um, I so the Errol, the the trust that you have in the um, in the government, um, you know, I um, I think it's good. It's good of you as a good, <laughs> like a good citizen. They love you there. They love you in the office, as I tell you. No, uh, you know, I think I think governments as well should be should be. Um, uh, kept in check and that's because of you know we have for example different parties that could that take for example uh, offices for a certain period of time so it's going to be beneficial for them to use certain information or, or be motivated for example in some cases even if the 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 big intention 
of the government is to serve you, but it could be tainted sometimes by, uh, I think, I think practices that would be against you in the long term for you as a person. But mm -hmm. there, I would say incompetence, not like uh, malice no. No. or you know. Uh, and even in the case of corporations, you wouldn't say malice, but they're profit-driven, so their mor their uh, morals might be, you know, a bit more in a gray zone. Whereas, uh, you know, the government is not profit-driven, right? That that was the point I made. I'm not mm -hmm. gonna say, yeah. you know, every system the government puts in place is is uh, without fault because uh, yeah. we know the opposite is true. Um, no. Well, uh, I have a question about uh, uh, GDPR. I, I think I, I um, well. Well, no, I don't think I know. A few um, a few weeks ago, I posted something supposed to be funny, uh, but I'm gonna check if it's true or not. What I had posted was this: If you only get free lifetime uh, Netflix for free, <laughs> don't have to pay for it. I saw it. <laughs> what you have to do is simply sign up for the 30-day trial. Before before it, it finishes, cancel it. You know. Uh, apply your rate to be forgotten from the GDPR. Oh. And then once they erase you, you go apply again for the next uh, trial. So did I just found gold here? Because in way they do it, they are at fault if they try to fix this. Either they would not honor an advertisement. Because if they if they were like, oh, sorry, this account has already been used. You're like, oh, here comes the lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I saw it. I saw it in your... Uh... On your profile that you posted this <laughs> yeah well hmm. um so oh. yeah you could ask at the free trial and then the right to ask the right to be forgotten the right to be forgotten has to be um conducted within one month right but um i assume that Maybe for they could uh, have a list, <laughs> a, a, a pseudonymized list with uh, people that already applied for this, so to to prevent this. I think it would be in their legitimate interest, or it would be in their interest to keep a list. <laughs> ah. Either way, um, to prevent these practices, I'm not very sure actually how it would work. I think it would need some analysis from the DPO of Netflix or whatever there. Um, but yeah, it, it might. I think they have some mechanisms in place to, to prevent. Well, I hope for them, right? But I'm not really sure. Yeah, it would need some deeper analysis to, to make sure how to, to prevent this, how to mitigate this risk. <laughs> Fair but you enough. were. Yeah, yeah, maybe you're onto something, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it, you know, obviously, you know, the post was really more to be funny. I hope people don't take it uh, seriously. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there but, goes uh, there all the just... free trials for Netflix. Thank you very much. Yes, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> really, free trials have been cancelled. Thank yeah, you, me. And then uh, your email address, but they couldn't because of GDPR. So, <laughs> so now, now, I have, I really, now I have a serious question. So, before GDPR came out, which is three, four years ago, mm -hmm. and even before that, it was a big deal, and it should be a big deal. Now, since then, I have not, uh, and maybe it's an assumption of me, I've not heard of any update to it. Um, is that to assume that it's being effective, it's doing what it's supposed to do, and we do not need to adjust anything in it? Um, um, yeah, I think it's drafted in a way that it doesn't need to be regularly updated because, you know, EU law, 
it's not that easy to <laughs> to update the regulations there, but it's drafted in a very general way, which actually I think is the best because, like, for example, we talk about uh, um, protecting the personal data that a company has from you, right? You need to protect all the per- this personal data that's gained from you. And the GDPR merely says, like, you need to take appropriate technical and organizational measures. It doesn't go into detail. It doesn't, it isn't too strict and too rigid about it, which is very good because every company, every data processing activity is different and technology changes and will change. And, and they drafted it in a way that it remains flexible for these technology changes, right? Um, and next to that, you have the guidelines that the data protection um, authorities publish on their website. You also have, um, yeah, you have different guidelines there in place to guide. But those you would not be legally this. binding. The, the they're guidelines. also they're also binding, right? They're, they're oh, less binding. Okay. Well, they're less binding than the GDPR, but they are um, explaining to you how the data protection authority will um, interpret this, right? And the data protection authority will be the one that will uh, assess the complaint towards you. So, right, they, they will, it does, you do not need to see it like a, a additional stuff that you need to comply mm-hmm. with. You need to see it more as interpretations, as more, it is it is to help the companies there because the it is very good that the GDPR is very general eh, and provides flexibility. It sometimes makes it difficult, especially in the early days of the GDPR, right? It was very difficult. Okay, what do I have to do now? I'm not very sure what is appropriate, what is not appropriate. So these guidelines were very helpful in in guiding you towards the best um, practice for your specific processing activity. So it is a very useful um, source of information also um, for uh, data subjects themselves, right? Because these the guidelines, they're sometimes out there drafted towards, you know, the processors of the data, the data controllers, the companies. Eh? Um, but what uh, we also see is on these websites, there are very useful information there for the data subjects in a very easy and understandable way, even for um, for minors, um, the Belgian Data um, Protection Authority, there's also a, a website there, you can click through on it, for minors, uh, for children, to understand what their rights are. And what so these authorities, uh, I'm sorry, just no, a quick no. question, because I think this is interesting. So the authorities are on a national level, or, you know, data protection uh, authorities or the are- member states of, of the European Union basically have, the, the, the nations can sort explain how they interpret things then yeah there's a little bit of that means that it might be interpreted differently between different member states or well it's more or less along the same lines so there are no radical difference let's say between italy and uh uh, germany not that radical differences no because um for example yeah there will might be a difference with how to file a complaint or whatever yeah um but with regard to interpretation, you also have a European um, instance that provides guidelines. For example, on um, let me just think about. I think it was the right or the consent. Uh, there was some some information guidelines there, so it was on the European level. And then you have the data protection authorities. That's per member state. Is there? There's an authority there 
that its task is actually to to investigate complaints, right? And we have to inform them if there is a data breach, then you have to inform the, the data protection authority, and they can do some investigations. They can give out fines, um, and also mm -hmm. their task is also to to provide information, right? To make it easy, accessible, and to 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 explain all this stuff to people. So I'm wondering, um, is it difficult for a company to be GDPR compliant? It is an un, uh, ongoing process. It's a continuous process. I think um, to, to, to say like we are 100% GDPR compliant and we do everything. Yes, you are 100% um, working towards compliance all the time because as I already mentioned, technology changes. You have new products, you have new features, you have, you know, your product changes, your company changes. Um, hackers are more inventive than before, right? So um, you, it is a continuous process that needs to be um, handled as one. Like, um, for example, um, new things can pop up every day. And for example, you can say, oh, I think this measure that we have taken is very protective. Uh, it's the best practice. It's, it's so protective. Nothing will happen. And then <laughs> hackers find a new way to, to do something right, let's just say, and then it, it isn't that protective anymore. And maybe you have to come back to it and analyze it again to see, okay, what can we do now? So it is a continuous process. Um, and you find every day or you find a lot of uh, things that you think, ah, we can do this maybe better. We can try, we can do this, we can do this. So it is, yeah, it is a process. You are 100% compliant in your efforts to be compliant towards the mm. GDPR, right? But it's a goal and you're yeah, continuously and moving towards that. Yeah, yeah. Voila. so you, you are compliant in the sense that you have appropriate technical and organizational measures, but you have to assess them continuously I, I wanna, to make I wanna, sure. Yeah, the, yeah. the topic of, of the technical measure. So I'm going to ask this question to Matt. How would you assess the, the overhead or... Um, uh, technical difficulty of becoming GDPR compliant for uh, existing companies. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not talking about greenfield uh, projects, but uh, legacy uh, projects. Do you think it's something um, that's easy to do or, and it's a very hypothetical question. I just want yeah. your opinion as an engineer. Well, well uh it's it's difficult to say. I I wouldn't be able to give you an answer to be quite honest. Um, I did have I did have a view on this when this was introduced, for example. So for me, just using a service, for example, from Google, now I was presented with, you know, who's the officer of the, you know, responsible to handle claims. Uh, are you doing this? A lot of check boxes to check. A lot of things to answer. Things to even to read. So when I saw this back in the day. Um, what came to mind, what came to mind is the story that I've seen before in the States. There was this law office in the, U the US, I forgot which state, and what they've done, they go to the small businesses and you sue them for not being, not um, appropriately having the right um, compliance. Um, 
compliance with with the uh, with, for the handicapped people, right? So if I this mom and sh- mom, pop, mom and uh, pop and mom shop, right? Like they sounds would have so very typically American from what I see in movies because I, I yeah. don't know anything about law, but like so it's America like, is like the land of uh, litigations, right? Mm-hmm. So so here's a yeah. here's a big company making money off of crushing uh, people who can't uh, exactly who don't have the means to to be compliant. Mm-hmm. What well, they would even know, and maybe like a small town that have it, it would, even if you applied a lot to them, be too to rush, but they, to to rough, but they would go to them and say, "Hey, your toilets are not compliant with this law," and this is their way. And they they became famous. They got to the news because they did so many cases like this for no reason. Mm-hmm. And it was I came to, it came to my mind like, well, what is this GDPR going to do to small businesses for that mm-hmm. matter, for people who just want to be present online? Mm. Because that's where we see it mainly, right? It, like uh, that's yeah. most of the data is collected online, um, and I, I do think that we do need to be careful with with what data we collect. Um, but to some to some extent, um, it could be crushing for you know. And this is yeah. I mean, uh, to okay, I want to play. I want to play else. the devil's advocate to you then yeah. here. Huh? Um, I think the 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 small companies uh, they use uh, off the shelf. Um, products by larger companies who do a lot of the compliance work for them, I think. Yeah. I think GDPR but is more of a concern for larger companies it, and it, not for uh, mom and pop shops. It's everyone's concern, right? It's even your concern when you are processing any data. So and it, you're, think... you're like now you're inviting me to the podcast. You have a form with my name on it. You are processing my data. So <laughs> it is it is everyone's concern, but I understand you, Matt. I think there was a lot of fear about that, that it would really be something that would indeed crush as small enterprises and would burden them, them extensively. And I think, um, to be honest, um, the way that the GDPR is drafted and the obligations you have under it... Um, are um, uh, do not often burden uh, small companies because um, it's really you know everything in there is, is you have to to see um, the, the individual circumstances of the case right some for example um, some obligations do not apply to small um, or medium enterprises eh? um, if you do not um, for example process a lot of data um, continuously and systematically, you might not need a DPO. And so I think it, it is tailored or, or, or made to, to also fit those small and medium enterprise companies. Because but never when was the last time you, you went to a small grocery shop at the corner and, yeah. and they're like, can, can we have your uh, credit card number? Where were you born? What day? Um, what, <laughs> what year? Like they, they typically don't engage in those activities yeah. either, do they? True, true, but like, but yeah, Fala, they do not. But like, think about um, the 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 larger um, companies, for example. Like, I'm not sure, like you know, a large uh, retail company um, where they need to have your ID for a customer card, right? For the loyal loyalty card, yeah. then they ask your ID. Is it necessary that they do it no. for your ID? So you know, I think. Uh, <laughs> And I think that is where the GDPR proves its most value, that it makes everyone that is handling 
personal data, think about it, right? It makes you at least think about it, even if you are a small grocery shop. It makes you at least, well, I hope, think about, yeah, but okay, there's the GDPR. Do I really need this? I do not really need this. Okay, let's let's move on from this uh, type of loyalty card or whatever. So it makes you think about it and, and think it, 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 it brings a data protection and privacy in the debate it, it it brings it out there i think that is that might be one of the most um, important things that gdpr has accomplished for me to be honest because it has accomplished a lot like in the sense how companies work and and towards the control of data subjects but i think one of the, the most important things was that it, it, it it's a discussion now right we're talking about privacy and data protection we're thinking about it when we are implementing a new product it's not just like oh we're doing this and we will gather all this personal data we might need it we might not need it who knows it is there if something happens with yeah there's a data breach and it's gone yeah okay whatever so it, it makes you think about it and that's the very first important step first step of course uh, what if what if we step back and 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 look at the reasons behind it so why why do we need privacy? Is it just well, one thing I can think of? The only thing I can think of right now is um, identity theft. Also, is there something else? Yes, yeah, of course. There are okay. a lot of risks, right? For example, reputation damage. Eh? Um, it could be some financial damage also if your uh, some of your personal data is is uh, breached or leaked. Well, what do you mean by reputation damage? Yeah, there could be some reputation damage. For, for example, um, is it like might, the, the case of those famous people whose iCloud accounts were hacked and then their uh, private pictures were released over the internet? Something yeah, like also that, could mean? also uh, damage your reputation that you're, you 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 play the, the the very the saint eh? and then there are some pictures leaked from you as uh, some nudity pictures or whatever. Then your reputation is also damaged. But yeah, it mm -hmm. could also yeah go further. Like for example, if some personal data is breached or, or leaked about you, what you do in your personal life, then it could also rep, yeah, damage your reputation, maybe damage your chances for a job or whatever. So, But isn't this rowing against the stream in that? So if I ask, I have a service and I ask my users, I'm going to take your pictures and I'm going to keep them forever, and I can do with, with them what they want, with what I want with them. Because if I'm not mistaken, the uh, the end user license agreement for several major uh, social networks actually say this. Like you're, there are pictures now, for example, and yeah. it, people don't really read. Uh, I'm, I'm one of them. I don't really read those license agreements. Just scroll down and click accept. Yeah. What? How? Like? Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, and and that is why. GDPR is so important that it's no longer sufficient to, to, to make sure that you hide all that stuff somewhere in the end user license agreement. You know, the end user license agreement of 200 pages, and then people just scroll down and say, yeah, accept whatever. You have to have a separate privacy notice, separate consent for the, for the data, personal data, and you need to have a, uh, data but within GDPR, policy. can you can you still uh, wave away your rights? Like, could could you accept and say, okay, I accept this, but you haven't you... read it? Does GDPR still protect you from from not reading uh, license agreements? 
Well, it depends, right? You could say you could uh, consent to certain Wait, can stuff. I, can I just ask it a different? Can somebody uh, uh, draft, a, you know, present you with license agreements that says I forego my right to be forgotten? No, no, you have that right. Okay, so you, they, you can't just say, you know, by using the service, I denounce my right to be forgotten. You it's have impossible. the right to be forgotten. They can only, um, the only exceptions there are the ones I already talked about, that they need to have your data for some legal obligations. For example, some data you need to maintain, like if your uh, employee leaves a company, you need to maintain that data for a certain amount of years, right? Um, because you have some other obligations, there could be litigation, whatever, you need to have that uh, personal data there. Um, but you cannot just forego your right to be forgotten. Um, and also, it's not in the end-user license agreement, right? It is a separate data protection uh, policy and a separate oh, yeah, yeah, one. Yeah, yeah it's right. not so. no longer in there. Um, and, and even if you... So you can say, eh, I see it a lot. You can say, yeah, I consent to this, so it's okay, right? They consented, everything is okay, we can do with it whatever we want. But I think you need to to look deeper into the GDPR and, and take into account all the other responsibilities that you have. For example, the GDPR uh, mentions, I already mentioned it, the data minimization principle. Eh? Um, are you only collecting what is absolutely necessary? Then there's also the um, purpose um, um, restriction there. You can only use the data for the purpose that, you, that it was given to you. For example, um let me just think yeah? yeah for example the loyalty cards i provide my personal data for those customer loyalty cards eh? so the the purpose is that they that they okay they they use my data to do their stuff with it and to to, to do their own uh, analytics whatever um but they could not like sell this to to insurance companies or whatever is or to the bank let's say and say yeah luna she buys a lot eh, from from the make sure you do not give her any loan eh? so it's that goes against the original purpose it was collected for you see so there there's multiple things that you need to take into account with every processing activity that you do um so well my approach <laughs> as a dpo it's certainly not just saying like, oh, make them give you consent and everything is okay. That's really not my approach. Um, I think you always need to go and take a look at the individual circumstances uh, of the case. I, 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 correct me if I'm wrong. I think one key here is that um, one, one, one right that we have uh, under GDPR is like, we can change our mind. Because I could say, well, you can have my pictures now and then a year from now, I realize, well, you're an evil company. I can go back to you and say, do not, you know, delete my pictures are, you know, don't use, yeah. Yeah. Delete, you know, what do you have on me? I delete it all. Yeah. And you have 30 days to do it. Yeah, true. It also, yeah. What, what of pictures, let's say, you know, I, I just want to look at it from uh, another perspective. You're this company and suddenly somebody thinks you're evil while you're just doing, you know, what your shareholder wants, which is, you know, increased profits. True, true. And then suddenly you're faced with you know somebody else uploaded the picture of you uh and you're asking for all your data to be deleted and if i and i know it's a it's a non-existent example but now suddenly they need to delete data that also impacts another user who doesn't think they're evil maybe so um yeah yeah true but but it 
this brings me also to 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 uh, one of the questions I had for you is so. Um, Met asked, you know, what's the deal with privacy? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you gave two examples. You know, you, it could give you, aside from identity theft, there's the there's the danger of financial damage, damage your reputation. I think you were going to add more to that list. But privacy in, in the past decade seems to have become so important that it's become almost productized. Um, and uh, I'm thinking of... Uh, uh, Apple, for example, as a as a company that's uh, uh, pushing privacy as a uh, feature. Yeah. So people, but... the general population, seems to be very much into. Uh, I don't want uh, people to have my data. Now, in my household, it's that um, I'm the person who's like, if feel like I don't want people to collect my data. But my wife, uh, who studied marketing, by the way, and she works in communication, like, I don't care. I really, really don't care. They, they can collect as much as they want about me. Uh, it mm. doesn't bother me. Um, yeah. It, it could get, yeah. Now we're talking and dystopia stuff, right? But it could get dangerous if they just collect all your data all the time. You know, um, there are a lot of um, sci-fi movies and series also uh-huh. about what happens when uh, there is no privacy left and when they just collect everything from you and use it for everything they can think about think of um but yeah you, you're right that it's also um now a feature right a product and and i think um i don't think that's such a bad thing honestly because it it gives uh, it 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 makes sure it, that um privacy is 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 obtained and that that people's personal data is protected and stuff. And, and if it is an advantage for you as a company to, to, yeah, to make it a feature of your company, like we are very privacy friendly and data protection friendly, I think it's, I don't think it's such a bad thing, right? But it I'm going to circle <laughs> back again to, to, to Matt's question because I think I'm trying to phrase it, uh, rephrase it, but I'm failing to do it. But isn't the, importance we place on privacy maybe more of a cultural thing a philosophical thing than an objective thing is it a product of luxury um of or do course. you think it's like an in- but of course i think yeah of course unfortunately it's a product of luxury right if you're maybe uh, somewhere else and you do not have that luxury of of, of, of this all but but still um i think it i think we we often underestimate the importance of privacy and data protection. I think it is very easy to say, like, for example, with the cameras, if you do nothing wrong, then you do not have to worry that there are cameras, but it doesn't exactly. work like that. For me, it doesn't work like that, right? You do not have same, to. Same continue, for me. Yeah, you do not have to continuously monitor me to see if I'm doing if I'm not doing something wrong. I have my own rights and freedoms. Um, but and it and it could get dangerous. Like for example, you you place a camera merely for um, security purposes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and then see that GDPR is very good. Let's say we have a camera um, in the office that that's that it's just there for security reasons. If someone breaks in, if someone steals something, then you can go back and replay it and see. Okay, who is the burglar, right? And GDPR is very awesome in the way that it says. Uh, 
that's very good. You have to mention the reasons that the camera is there, right? Who can access that camera, who can access the images, also important, etc. And then, oh, but you cannot use it then to, to monitor your, your employees to see if they're working or not, right? That's something different. And then you could say like, eh, if at all, yeah, but if I'm, I'm working, so I do, eh, I'm not doing anything wrong. They can, they can just then monitor you at all at the office. Let's say they can continuously keep an eye on you to see whether at all is working or is not on Facebook. That's what you say when you say like, mm. it's not, it doesn't matter. I give my personal data and they can do with it, whatever they want. It, it is an extreme example, right? But oh, it yeah. is an example. <laughs> Well, I, I, I think I think Earl would say, well, again, if I'm working, I'm supposed to be working, right? They would be right if they say I'm not on. But I think I think this is where it comes, where it comes with something we forget always. It, the human nature is that we make mistakes. That's in us. We we make mistakes. We are not perfect. We would make mistakes if you tell me don't speed up in this in the street. I will not speed up ninety percent of the time, but one time I might do it, and it could be like not my intention. It could be like context, like for, the, for whatever reason I had to do it. This is why I think the laws do not apply. That's why we have judges. If it was like whatever happens, you have this is a law, so this is your punishment. We don't need judges in that sense. But we do have to have someone that goes and say, well, this law would apply and would not apply in this case. So, and I think we end up in, Sadly, for example, for the cameras that we talked we talk about, for example, uh, especially on the street, right? Yeah. yeah, it's it's like yeah, maybe they they should not be there. And I think we the only reason it happens that the, the the trend is that we have more privacy every time we add more privacy, more privacy, or more we want more privacy, and also there's more surveillance that's being applied at the same time. So it's really yeah. Contradictory um, trend, right? Yeah, they are yeah. exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. But I tell you one thing, right? In so, for example, here in Belgium, uh, you go to any anybody's home, right? You look at the at the um, uh, at the bell, and you're gonna find their name, right? Mm -hmm. Which is handy for the postman to deliver, probably, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, the mail. Eh? Mm -hmm. If you tell someone from the U.S., pick any state that you want, tell them my name is on the bell outside. Or in front of my mailbox, they would go berserk. They would go crazy. Like, why would someone need to know your name? If you have an address, if you have a mail for me that has my name, my my, my house, my street and house number, that's enough for the mail to be delivered. Meaning, someone could come to the to the home, right? Could come way, to the home, yeah. ring and say, "Hey, is Bob home?" You know, maybe your kid answers, "No, my my dad is not home." You know, so they would trust this person now because they come as a personal, you know, with, with personal data. And for us here, it's no, and it's, and, and, and I'm trying this, by the way, ask someone from the U.S., ask them, hey, um, you know, your name is on the, <laughs> is on the bill, right? And I see what they would say. Like, you're crazy. It's, 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 it's really, really, it's like not, you know, and, and. But yeah. It's very strange then because um, the experience I got from um, the US uh, was that, um, well, doesn't matter. There's no privacy. They, there's no data protection. It's already public in, in, in the public. It's, it was very, yeah, the opposite of, of, of what you are saying, yeah, I actually. Think 
Yeah, but maybe it you... was a site of the of the corporations, like the big exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. the companies. That's the company's approach, right? If yeah. we receive some data, that's it. We have it, right? It's mm-hmm. us. We can buy it. You go to a mm-hmm. company and say, you buy data about people. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, like this company sell data. Like this person is their address. True. This is their work. This is what they've done. And especially, like, yeah, it... like with the elections, <laughs> right? Exactly. The same. Yeah. Yeah. and that is one of the, indeed one of the. The examples of the danger of personal data out there and no regulation about it, then uh, you can just you can do with it whatever you want, and you can manipulate What happened elections. there? What happened there? Can you uh, explain a The Cambridge Analytics. I'm not sure if you if you uh, heard about uh, <laughs> the stuff there that went mm-hmm. on. That mm-hmm. they uh, uh, via Facebook also they they had a lot of data. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure about the specific details, but they had a lot of data and they. They, um, yeah, it ended up that they. It's targeted ads, say, essentially. Yeah, yeah, voila. and they, 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 they targeted everyone with specific uh, messages because they had all of this data. So actually, they could manipulate an entire election of a country by having all this personal data and knowing I can target him with this message, I can target you with that message, I can, you can. Yeah, manipulate an entire election, and that is one of the dangers, right? Of of the of of having of, yeah, of no, but no regulation without, about the use uh, without of going data. into into the philosophical discussion of, of what is manipulation, what is propaganda, what is advertising. You could just say true, it's just true. targeted advertising. I mean, mm-hmm. why do you hire a, a marketing uh, firm? You want to change people's minds. Of you course. want to make them buy your product. You want to of. make them vote for uh, whoever is. So here we have like a, a private for-profit company, and that's where I said, you know, their job is to convince you with, in, uh, with you know, whatever is possible. So, uh, but still. with that in mind, okay, we, you know, the. By the way, from your conversation uh, with Med, I, I just want to add there, you know. Uh, Again, it seems to me that privacy is sort of culturally influenced because, like Matt says, you know, oh, you, you, your name on the doorbell. We in Belgium, we wouldn't really, you know, I didn't even think of this until Matt said it. No, no, no. But on the other hand, you know, you're giving here the the example of uh, Cambridge Analytics and and how they used Facebook data to basically decide the outcome of. Uh, of the U.S. elections, if I'm not mistaken, or and that's Brexit, the that's they also made. did something with Brexit. I oh, think. okay. Uh, there's wow. a, there's a nice documentary on the Netflix, I think. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, the the final question I actually had is about the cost of of GDPR, and what I mean by that is okay. Um, People are being protected, uh, sometimes maybe even against their will, because, like I said, there are people who really don't care about this. Uh, maybe it's because they, they've never seen uh, the, the dangers of it. But on the other hand, uh, we, we pay the price for this in maybe, um, when we talk about software on the technical side, with the impact on user experience. And the, the first thing that pops up in my mind is that pop-up you see on every website every time you go there it's like yes yes just go <laughs> go away but it uh, depends but top, also yeah. yeah it's also that i think what also happens is the incorrect application of all these rules which sometimes leads indeed to to in incorrect and, and, and ineffective and, and uh, 
yeah, very annoying stuff for users. But like, for example, all those those cookie banners, if they are essential and necessary cookies, but I really mean essential. It's like, oh yeah, we need it, but okay, we did some some analysis here, and we need these cookies. We cannot perform this service without it. Then you do not need any consent for it. Yeah, you you either go to the website or not. There, you do not need any consent for it. You need consent for. I want to 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 use your cookies for um, advertising or whatever, right? All those others, all those other stuff you need consent for. But if it's essential and necessary, you do not need consent. So I I I'm also sometimes quite annoyed by all those um, incorrect cookie banners out there. <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> and then mm-hmm. sometimes it's just like, uh, do you agree? And then they already you cannot change anything. They mm-hmm. already also the non-essential cookies are in there so it's one package agree to all or not and it's like yeah but this is not how it works i uh, i can you need to have uh, some sort of um, categorization in there non-essential cookies i'm very i'm glad that i can give you a consent or not i'm gonna call them out by name but i, I was on the Hatlasa news website hln.be and just out of curiosity i went in their cookies i i think it was them so don't shoot me if i was wrong there is like so many things in there and you have to disable them one by one manually if you want to go into the the custom setting so it's accept everything or you know for us so and that is just an example the design is just made so that you just shrug it off like okay i'm gonna take user experience over true uh, and 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 that is the thing that it's not user friendly at all this one right it's not user friendly mm -hmm. and it's not gdpr friendly or let's just even say compliant but just there um you it needs so in order to be gdpr compliant in order to 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 protect everyone you need to also make it a user-friendly experience and user-friendly experience is not that you need to go to a special setting and then disable every one single cookie by itself uh, that you do not want it you could yeah there are a lot of ways out there to do it correctly and on a, in a user-friendly way But indeed, sometimes companies just opt for the non-user-friendly way in order to, to just gain your consent for everything. <laughs> But yeah. that is when you do when you strategy. do design like that, oh. yeah, it's it's yeah. almost like uh, when when the 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 thing kids do like I'm not hitting him; he's hitting himself. You know, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's like you you understand what we're trying to achieve here. You're just being very uh, yeah. you know, deliberately <laughs> stupid about it. Yeah, you well, uh, see it on a lot of websites. Yeah, well, uh, you know, you, you mentioned pop-ups, and um, you know, there is this this. Uh, I'm not going to give the name, but there is this uh, browser extension, which is really, I think, like uh, genius. But okay, it purchased genius. <laughs> so what it does is this: when you install it, if you go to a site and it has, for example, ads, it would behind the scene click on all of them, so that the site, whoever on the site would. Over the advertising would have to pay for that for that uh, for that link for that click, so it 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 activate them everywhere, and anyone that's asked for some data, it will just send them feed them something anything on the page. So the other approach, not like saying like don't see me, it's like it's broadcasting like everything you know, on that page, and I think it's really nice because this will this will make that you know because we know that with the which too much of anything becomes really loses value. And this is where too much of the data they will receive, it'll be useless for them. It's irrelevant. They wouldn't even know. 
Say it again. It's irrelevant data then, or it's really irrelevant exactly because you wouldn't know then what which is the is it a real click? Is it like a fake one? I mean, did the person see it? So it would even cause you know, yeah, or, or I, companies I think companies <laughs> that want to do analytics and see. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, there is a. I think there is a. Um, yeah, there is people trying to, <laughs> to bring out the creativity in themselves on both sides. So, I, I mean, I, I, I uh, you know, encourage uh, you know uh, solutions like this, you know, because we always say like block, you know, ad blocker, block ads, block tracking, but maybe the other way is uh, also another approach. Just give them maximum <laughs> what they want. Yeah, it might be. I'm just thinking for companies that do it the right way and then just want to, to do some analytics and know which, which things you click on or not, that poor companies. But yeah, yeah. yeah. It is I approach. just want to add, you know, with, with uh, what you were saying, Matt, it reminds me of the following. Like, it seems that most people that track you, the bulk of them, do it for advertising purposes, to sell you more. They want to know more about your habits, so they measure you, so they can target you specifically in your weak spot and get you to buy or spend on things. We feel violated in our privacy when they do that because also there is like technical dangers to people storing this in their database. They might not do a good job of keeping it secure. Hacker comes in, they run off with your data. It's already like, that's one of the problems. But another thing people have issue with is like, I don't want to be tracked. I don't want to be analyzed. I want you to show, it's okay, just show me generic advertisement. But the, whole, the only reason why advertisers are becoming so aggressive online, I think has to do with the fact that the bulk of consumers just expect everything to be for free. You go to like, if you want me to maintain a high traffic website that has all these writers and editors and we're producing content like uh, 70 articles per day we need to keep you know you need to uh, remain relevant on top of that you don't want to pay for it but i i've got to pay my rent i've got to pay my servers so what happens is historically you start off with you know just your banners but as the as the space becomes more and more competitive the advertising tracking companies need to outperform each other so I think that's one of the, the key reasons why, like you say, Matt, uh, these companies become more creative because they're trying to create money in a highly crowded area in a place where money is only available through advertising because people refuse to pay. But and you always pay, right? You, now you pay with your personal data. Yes, exactly. If, if you don't pay money, you're paying in a, in a different way. But that's that right. is something that also people should be aware of. And I think that is... Hey, we might be aware of this, right? We're talking about is you're also in the tech business, let's say. Uh, um, but a lot of people are not aware of that. Really, they are not aware of it that they, when they are performing a test on Facebook or when they are clicking on something that they are giving away their personal data, it's never for free. And they do not realize it. And that is where, again, GDPR is very important to make sure that we are all educated about what happens with our personal data and that nothing mm -hmm. is for free in this world. And they can do a lot of stuff with your personal data. You need to be aware of it. And then you can choose, right? And you can choose either like, okay, I'll, 
I don't care if they if they have this. Um, I want this for free, whatever. You might be able to choose that. It, it might be a possibility, but you need to be aware of the consequences and what is happening. Really, I do not think a lot of people are aware of that. Mm -hmm. I, if I if I I'll, see, I'll give you an anecdote about about this. Is uh, more than a decade ago, when uh, home internet connections were starting to proliferate. Um, uh, this uh, person I know, uh, he he came and he was, um, he said, hey, uh, you know, I want to download music. And I said, you know, that's illegal. And he said, you know, you need to pay for it. And he said, well, I'm already paying for my internet connection. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I already yeah. paid for my phone. The app should be free. It's uh, thanks a lot, Steve Jobs. <laughs> So, uh, so how are these app developers supposed to make money if everything's supposed to be f uh, for free? Uh, you got that going. Hey, um, it's been uh, it's been a very uh, very exciting episode. Just uh, we need to wrap up because we we're over our time as as usually happens. Luna, would you mind um, you know uh, recapping the episodes for us? Recapping the episode, well, uh, we talked about GDPR and the benefits of it, and also um, the consequences of the, of the negative effects, uh, uh, what privacy, um, whether the importance of privacy or the non-importance of it, uh, at all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly at all talked about the non-importance of privacy. Um, yeah, I think that, that, that wraps it up a bit. No, or was I too? Cool okay, advice? yeah. <laughs> no, no, I, I, no. That, that's that's. Uh, I think that's that's just perfect. Just as a side note, I'm playing the devil's advocate. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I we, don't we like being tracked. Uh, <laughs> I don't like being tracked. So, um, if people want to reach you, Luna, where is the the best place they can reach out to you? Because we'll post the episode on LinkedIn. But if there's like, uh, you know, LinkedIn, another... Twitter, um, um, they can reach out to me. Yeah, I think the the, the the best way is via LinkedIn. Then I can... Okay, uh, we'll, we'll make sure to tag there. you. Okay, uh, Master Med, where can people reach you? They do not Perhaps reach you. Reach. <laughs> uh, <laughs> forget about me. I, re <laughs> I reach them. <laughs> I'm the one who knocks, right? <laughs> no, uh, so yeah, uh, obviously uh, you go to medmed.com and you'll be able to find my contact info. Yeah, that's MADME.com. My name is Errol Baikal. You can reach me at beep. <laughs> so everybody who listens to us, whether you're at home, whether you're on your yacht or in your bike, cycling to work or, you know, whatever you're going to, it doesn't matter. Thanks a lot. And we hope to catch you next time. Luna, thanks for being with us. Thank Bye. you very much. Thank you, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.